is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, here we are. I'm so thrilled to report, as we come to the end of May, it's not snowing where I live. So we're in Denver, Colorado. It's sunny outside. I'm planning. I'm happy. And I'm thrilled to say that we just hung our finch feeders because we had moved last year. So everything's coming out. And they have already discovered it. So I know the word will go out to the finch hood um, and say food is on the back deck. So I'm thrilled with that. And what we've got to you for you today on Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing is food for the author. And it really starts with the, you know, as you're writing, I think one of the things that authors get stuck in is that they think they need to edit as they go along. And I'm always for just get it out, brain dump it, and then come back and do it. But there is prep that you can do before you get it to a real life, full-blown editor whether it's someone who is going to be doing content developmental editing with you, someone's going to be doing proof and grammar checking with you, or any other other goodies that go in between. That what we have with you is someone who is really an expert. I'm thrilled to say she's one of my pals that I get to hang out to at some of the writers' conferences. I had the pleasure of at, of being at, and just the last month I was in Las Vegas with her, and we were we we don't get to sit in on each other's presentations because we're always seems to be doing back to back. But Barb Wilson's with us today, and she is the founder of Edit Partner. Um, and, is, and has been editing books for gazillions of years. I mean, here's someone with um, a really um, credentials of, of doing over 300 books. So she's not a newbie. She's not green. She's seen them all. And I'm thrilled to say she's also a member of the Author You Associates team. So she works with a variety of authors, uh, both within Author You and uh, certainly outside. And that she, I, I just really value her 30 years of expertise in the writing and editing field. So, Barb, welcome to Author You, your guide to book publishing. Oh, bless your heart, Judith, and I am thrilled to be here. Um, I'm happy to announce to you that we don't have oh. snow in mid-Michigan either. <laughs> Yay, hooray. <laughs> we, we have rain, but uh, I'm hoping okay. that it will go away in time for our Memorial Day weekend since we have a lovely Highland Festival going on in, in Alma, and I wouldn't miss the sheep herding for the world. Um, you know, someone asked me, they, they, um, and, and, I, and I'm thrilled to tell everyone, I just got news that my book, um, how to Avoid 101 Book Publishing Blunders, Bloopers, and Boo-Boos is the winner in the International Book Awards this year, so in the writing publishing area. So I'm tickled with that. That came out. 
And it was a finalist also in the best book. Hmm? Congratulations. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Anyway, um, and if you all don't have it, for heaven's sakes, go get it because it will help you. I have one author I'm working with that literally we had our first consult and she sent me a picture and she has actually pulled apart every page and has one whole wall in her office dedicated to things that she wants, needs to do. How cool is that, right? That's cool. That's listening to your mentor. Yeah, I actually sent her another book. I said, oh, for God's sakes, I'll send you another book. (laughs) You ripped it apart. All right, so with that said, we're going to talk about editing today, and there's lots of things to do. And I think let's let's start, uh, Barb, from the very beginning, where you really are starting to noodle those ideas. You're starting to get your words down. Um, one of the things that I've said, because, you know, I've dictated entire books. I, that's how I first started writing, because I didn't really know how to write um, back in the 80s. And I, so I dictated, because I could talk. And, that, and that's before the, uh, the recognition software came along, like Dragonspeak. And when that came along, I thought, oh, this will be fun in doing it. And I found that it stopped me cold. Because I was looking at the screen and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I have to fix it right now. I've got to correct the spelling. I've got to do this and that. So I'm going to tell people if you're using voice recognition, it's really not a good idea to look at it. Just let it flow out and then come back and fix it later. Because I, I think it, it, it puts a cog in the, in the process. But, Barb, you might have some thoughts. So let's jump in there. What, you know, let's set them up for writing. And going in and how you can start thinking, you know, when should I stop, put the pen down and go back and now, re, you know, start doing the tweaking, etc. Well, I tell my clients, and Judith, you know, because I've told you this before, but I don't like the magic. I just polish it. Mm-hmm. And if you have a barrier, just like what you so articulately described with a word speaking program that stops you cold from your story going out, adjust what you're doing. I can't make the ideas, and no editor can. If, if they tell you that they can, they're lying to you, that would be a co-writer, not an editor. Uh, sit down and think about what works for you as a writing style. Some people write best in longhand, uh, in a coffee shop with lots of Starbucks and caffeine nearby. Uh, Some people write in a very quiet environment with a laptop. Some people write in long sessions, marathon sessions. I think everyone's heard Mm -hmm. of uh, NaNoWriteMo in -hmm. November. That's a push to write a 50,000-word book in a month. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you find, as a writer... What works for you? What is the best way to get those ideas out into your head and support that process? If it takes a little bit of time to figure it out, don't throw your pencil down in disgust and say, oh, I can't write like that. Um, I believe Stephen King still writes everything out longhand, and he Mm -hmm. sold a lot of books. Well, and, and you know, I'm glad you mentioned Stephen King because he is on my hit list, like top hit list, um, that I think that every author should have his book on writing. I mean, you'll read a lot about him and his process, but there are just wonderful tips in that book. I, I just highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. 
Yes, and I, I can't think of a, another author who's been so generous, a best-selling author, who's been so generous sharing his advice about the process of writing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's wonderful, yeah. and I, I have, my copy is so valued from being highlighted and reread and kicked apart with gems to use as talks when I'm presenting at a conference. It's amazing. And he, he truly knows whereof he speaks. Um, one thing I would like to share about getting those words on paper, uh, don't hesitate. Nora Roberts said it best, button chair, hands on keyboard. You will come up with every excuse in the world. You may decide to write a book, and it's, it's a legitimate desire and a, a genuine intention, but you have to sit in the chair and actually write the book. And there's going to be 39 reasons, at least, that you can get up and go fix dinner and do the wash and whatever you have to do, clean the house, organize your office supplies. No. Anything that's not putting those words on paper needs to be dropped down in that priority list. The words come first. The magic, the story, that comes first. Always. Always. You've got to have the story that flows. And I think that uh, let me come back to how imperative it is for whatever your genre is, whether you write romance, whether you write horror, whether you're in fantasy, whether you're in sci-fi, whether you're in business writing, whether you're in nutrition, whether you're in some kind of a self-help, I don't care what it is, you need to read the top writers, the top authors in the field. You need to pay attention oh, oh, to oh, why. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, you, you have to pay attention to how they present, how they structure, how they, how they transition, how they move it along. You really need to, this is the highlighter time, you study them. What makes a line just jump at you? Um, and, you know, I, I love to use the, the uh, uh, phrase, I, I, I love chewy lines, I love chewy phrases that really make me stop and, th- and, and it smile. Um, and that I, you, you, you learn by aggressive reading of others who are doing what you want to do. And if you're avoiding it, you, you know, you might as well start putting this, the, the daggers in yourself. It's not going to work. Don't worry about, well, I'll be too influenced because they're in my field. Don't worry about that. I'm not talking. We're not, we're not stealing. We're not plagiarizing. What you're doing is learning your craft. And most authors don't do that. Wouldn't you agree, Barb? Oh, I, again, Judith, your words are gold today. I, uh, I can't say <laughs> enough about continuous learning. Uh, I've been in this industry for a very long time, and I find every time I'm fortunate enough to be around my fellow editors, my fellow writers, I, I am a published uh, author as well, mm-hmm. I learn something. I learn mm-hmm. a tool. I learn a technique. I learn a method for doing something better, or I'm exposed to ideas that give me different ways to look at my craft. Exactly. 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 
And, and so that's what you really need to do. So that I, I'm, um, I do more of a content editing when I'm working, when I'm working, have that hat on me, Barb. And what, uh, what the gift I bring, especially to my business writers, uh, my, I'm, I write nonfiction myself, but in the nonfiction, part of my job when I have that edit hat on is to protect you and, and cut out crap that's irrelevant, but also cut out crap that could hurt you. And we just finished a book, um, a very extraordinarily smart business guy. Oh, so successful. And he had a couple examples, and it involves leadership. Well, well I'll, I'll come back to that. Uh, when we come okay. back from my break, see, I got into it and didn't pay attention. All right, we'll be back. We're talking editing, how to make you shine and sparkle. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another author you will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being good with? If you already have a book out, You'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. AuthorU brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through AuthorU's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join AuthorU today through its website at AuthorU.org. Follow AuthorU on Twitter at AuthorU and on Facebook at AuthorU, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. AuthorU, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. 
All right. So with us is Barb Wilson, and she is a partner and edit partner, and she's also someone who's been responsible for having her fingers on, get this, 7 million words to date and working with authors in their books over a 30-year period. That's a wowza in my book. Um, what what I did is I was I was sharing a story, and, and I was so into talking with Barb, I, my, I wasn't paying attention to my producer jabbing me. So uh-uh, I got cut off. Um, that, that one of the jobs that's really important that an editor, um, especially the one that's working on the content and the development size, is to, I think, protect you. And since I do so much in the nonfiction area, and especially with business-related books, that I had an author who, as I was saying at the break, was is is extraordinarily successful. He has had ups and downs like most business people have. And he was using some examples um, in his book on, on how to build momentum and make it unstoppable and that he had Trump in it. And I, I just wouldn't let him do it. I said, no, you cannot do it. Number one, you all need to realize that if you use anyone who is controversial, you're going to piss off half of your potential audience. And that's not a good idea. Um, Very true. I mean, it's just not a good idea. And there's so many other good examples that you can use. And I, I had just watched this, you know, kind of the fun movie, Eddie the Eagle. And Eddie the Eagle was the English dude who was the ski jumper. <laughs> and he was <laughs> mediocre at best, but by God, he qualified it. And you know what? His real goal was just to qualify. It wasn't to win anything. It was to qualify. That was the win for him. And I said, there are things that you can do. And and so this is where my gift comes in. I could rewrite the story to totally fit into what the point is. And it would make everyone happy. I mean, who's going to be ticked off of the guy who has a dream and he goes for it. He gets knocked down. He gets up. He goes for it. He gets knocked down and he goes for it again to the chagrin of everybody around him. And he becomes a hero. He becomes a hero at those Winter Olympics. So those are the kind of things you want to look for. So an editor who is working with you on development and content, they should be uh, on the lookout to protect you and also integrate and bring ideas to the party to make your words look better. I mean, I just wanted to add that two bits in. Yes. And uh, humans love heroes. The the hero scenario goes all the way back before Mm -hmm. Shakespeare. Absolutely. Everyone loves someone who can succeed against all odds and triumph and achieve what is their dream. Because yep, the underdog. As, yep. as other humans. Yep, it's the underdog. And he rises again. So, and, and haven't we all been underdogs at some point? I mean, really. Yep. Haven't we all been underdogs? Um, yep. And so... That, that's the kind of thing, and that's the way you connect with your readers. So yeah. a good editor will help you move along. They find stories. They bring it in. So I will bring in, and I do the rewrites. And I just said, leave me alone. I will fix this. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, you have to approve it. All right. So, well, but we, And a good editor will take a look at that story, and they'll say, okay, you've spent 20 pages describing scenery, describing clothes, describing the landscape and what they had for breakfast and uh, what kind of car they drive. What sort of a story here are you telling because what you're trying to say is getting lost in the details. Mm -hmm. We can tighten this up so much more 
And that's what a good editor is going to tell you. Not everything editors say are happy, joy, joy, encouraging words. What some of editors say, and I have had my share of tough conversations, Mm -hmm. um, I actually had a, Judith brought up her controversial point. I had a book with a, a client who's actually a very dear friend, and he, he was a man, but he was writing uh, about a female protagonist who was a university professor. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, there was a scene in the book, uh, in fact, several scenes, where she would literally flash someone to distract them while something else was happening or this plan that she had hatched. And it did happen more than once in the book. And I I sat down and talked to him for a long time. And I said, look, one thing, you denigrate this woman's character every time you resort to this. This is not the character women are going to like and want to read because it's a it's a gag, it's a trick. If you want people to like your characters, make them intelligent and believable and don't resort to flashing their boots. That mm-hmm. doesn't work. And if she's a professor, her weapon is her mind, not her body. So we, you have to have those conversations, and mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. writers just get caught up in writing the story that comes out, and they they're so caught up in telling it, in making sure they have all the details and all of this and all of that and everything that they think of, and then some of their friends come along and say, well, did you write about this and did you add that in there? Because oh, you've got to have a scene about that, and so suddenly it becomes a fruit salad, and um. I actually had a, a book come in at one time, and I um, <clears throat> I had to call the editor or call the author and say, um, you switch voices about halfway through this, and instead of talking about one character's point of view and another character's point of view, you switch to uh, what's called a omniscient voice, which is, I, I call it the voice of God because it's almost an overall narration of the story. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the voiceover that you hear at the beginning of a movie that fills you in on the details, you know, in a galaxy mm-hmm. far, far away, long, long ago kind of thing. And I said, this just completely pulled me out of the story, and I'm sure it's going to do the same thing to your readers. Yeah, and I had to get all that yeah. out, and I said, yes, but there's ways to do it to keep your readers engaged while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Judith is uh, one of the best editors to, to get manuscripts whipped into shape. She literally takes them apart like a puzzle and puts them all back together. But in her defense, authors need to realize if they're serious about their writing and they want to be a multi-published author, um, they should help her because she is on both sides. She's not the dreaded editor, and neither am I. But please make sure whatever manuscript you submit is in the very best shape possible that you can. Um, this is going to help you. Because well, let's talk about that. Yeah, Barbara, I can, here's one of the things that you and I consistently see, and it's the dreaded info dump. So, oh. first of all, okay, That's let's just... Dump. 
<laughs> info I dumps. Okay. Sign of the evil eye. <laughs> uh, okay. So, and we're talking in this, by the way, this can also hit in, in nonfiction, but it's, it's notorious in the fiction reads. Um, and sometimes you wonder why they, why authors go down that road um, in adding all this miscellaneous information that really doesn't, and you have to listen to this, doesn't move the story forward. Because Absolutely. when you're when you're uh, writing your books, you got to move them forward. So first of all, Barb, from your perspective, I want you to 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 describe. Um, let's get a let's give a definition to an info dump, and okay. and then let's and then this and then this is what it is. And then what does it do, do to a book? What does it do to the reader? And how can we fix it? Um, well, I'll, I'll take the last part first. What does it do to a reader? Um, absolutely the last thing the author wants, which it will cause them to stop reading because mm-hmm. it bores them to tears. Info dumps, as an editor, always make me feel itchy. Like I've stepped away from the story and I'm in some kind of a stasis world where I'm receiving an injection of background. And that's, there's tricks, there's ways to get that information if it's necessary to your story out to the reader to keep the reader involved and actively interested in what's going on. I subscribe to the principle of Chekhov's gun, and I'm sure Judith is familiar with that as well. Um, Chekhov said if you are writing about a gun over a fireplace, that gun should be important later in the story. If not, don't put a gun over the fireplace and write about it. Mm -hmm. The, The story tells the details that are important to that story. And if you have a huge, huge section of your story that gives a lot of background in a passive voice, um, generally a lot of facts uh, about your characters that are not disclosed by the characters thinking about them or other people talking about the characters, uh, you might have an info dump. I just edited a story that was set on the other side of the world, and um, it was by a, a lovely woman who was uh, living there for an extended period of time, and she felt actually the surrounding world was a character in the book. So we worked together to try to integrate that into the dialogue the characters were having rather than her giving uh, large sections of text about history and about weather. Like, and and like a Wikipedia drop. Exactly. Exactly like that, yes. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it's a challenge, but this is going to go back to what we said at the beginning of the hour is that the way you learn, really learn some of this is that you study really the, the, the top people who are out in your field, especially for our fiction writers and really, really look at what they, what they did. I, I just read an old, it was kind of like, oh, oh, I did it on Easter. I just took Easter off after having the family for brunch. And um, I just took Easter afternoon off and plowed through an old, and I'll tell the book when we come back. I did it again. All right, it's Author You, your guide to book publishing. We're talking about editing and making you shine as a
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Want to publish like a pro today? Well, then take a look at Ingram Spark, the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source. Upload, edit, and manage titles all in one place. Take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks. Built by independent publishers for independent publishers, Ingram Spark has everything you need to maximize your book's potential color printing, ebook distribution, print on demand, global reach, and more. Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book. Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a thousand authors create top quality books and avoid the not so reputable self publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602-866-3226. 1106design. Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. 
You know, I, be, before I tell you about the the book that I did my um, mental dropout on in Easter, I, I do want to, we've mentioned my event I do every June, Judith Browse Book Publishing Unplugged, which is three intensive days just with me, um, from tools for authors to use, from from uh, Amazon launches and campaigns and, and all kinds of stuff to make you extraordinarily successful. And it, this year it's held June um, 22nd and 24th, and it's sold out. Oh, it's sold out five weeks in advance, totally sold out. But if you're interested in coming to Denver and playing with me, working with me, learning from me, next year's dates are June 21st to the 23rd. Just put it on your calendar, and we haven't even opened it up. Um, and we are going to add on a new Judith Browse Speaking Unplugged November 10th and 11th this year. And that is, I, I will show you, I will, we will craft a speech or a workshop around your book, your expertise, your theme. I'm going to show you how to market it. I'm going to show you how to make a million dollar speech and, and get out there and really get paid for your words and what comes out of your mouth. So if you're interested in that, it's very limited space. Only 20 people will be allowed. And we have just opened that up for November of this year. So with that said, the book that I read was by Nelson DeMille, and the book was called The Charm School. And we were, the, my segue into that was how to avoid info dumps, because it it will kill your story. It's a kiss of death for your book. And we are deep in the heart of Moscow and some of the surrounding areas, and it's a thriller. Um, and I actually showed it to a, a retired CIA pal of mine. And he came back and he said, this is totally plausible. But it you get the history of what's going on in Moscow. You understand the KBG. You understand um, the, 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 the plot thickens, the thriller, the spine. You, you get all that. But you are deep in the heart of also of the challenges that the people are living through and doing in the operations. But you never get the sense that it's reading like a Wikipedia fact sheet. Um, you are engraved in in the um, ingrained in the story as it unfolds, and what what the author so brilliantly does is let you use your imagination. Just with a few words, all of a sudden you're off and running. And I, I think that's what Barb and I are trying to talk about. Sometimes, too often, we see authors trying to overexplain everything. Would you say that's right, Barb? Oh, absolutely true. And authors, as they learn their craft, uh, their skill improves, like anything else. Nobody knew how no to question. ride a bike without mm-hmm. training wheels when they first looked at it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, quite often you get the training wheels off and you're shooting down the street and you think, how did I ever need those training wheels because I can do this? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a little bit like that. Writing is learning, and it's mm-hmm. learning how to present things this is one of the reasons I support Judith's recommendation that you go in, find those writers in your genre, the ones you read, your go-to books, the desert island books. If you were on a desert island and you wanted books with you, you would select books to take. Read those books. See, pick them apart. Learn from them. And keep learning about your craft. Editors can help you. But you need to be in a mindset where you realize if you're going to be successful at writing, it's going to be work, and you're going to have to keep improving your craft. 
Mm-hmm. And 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 so one of our points here is that you've you learn the craft, but you never stop learning. You're always going to be in there and moving along, and that really ties with another one of our points here. Um, that I think it's 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 really critical to to pay attention to some of the trends that are going on in writing. Do you want to tap in on that? What you see as an editor? I mean, don't you see? For for me, I see all of a sudden I've got this whole. It's just like all these spiritual books are coming in, and it's like I'm Absolutely. surrounded. You know, there's there's things floating around in my conference room here. <laughs> Well, I, I see the spiritual books kind of as a backlash to the Fifty Shades uh, pendulum swinging back. A lot of people, uh, because Fifty Shades was so hot and on trend, that people read it who really weren't interested in that kind of thing. And I think it lit the fire in a lot of would-be artists to realize that they could write sweet romance or let's just say the bedroom door stays closed. Mm-hmm. So when the bedroom door stays closed, you have a lot of space to fill, and to do that, you go deeply into point of view on your character. You you flesh out that individual. By the time you get done with that book, since you're not talking about sex and bondage and whatever else gets talked about in Fisty Shades, uh, you have your character fully developed, fully explained, early on in the story. And, and remember, stories always have goals, motivation, and conflict. The best stories really make you be drawn into what's happening to your characters. Your characters are, as I say, book friends, because they're so finely drawn and so three-dimensional, you feel like you know that person. Which is just essential. Oh, just it's essential just essential because uh, just essential. Yeah. I read somewhere that a reader has seven to ten pages of the the first seven to ten pages of a book, and if they don't connect with the characters or the plot or what's happening, or and this has happened as well, if they see a lot of errors that aren't caught, uh, they'll stop reading. They'll go to something else. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I think um, authors get confused in writers, um, and, and sometimes it's even with more developed writers, but the the whole issue of point of view, that sometimes the POV, the POV, oh. uh, and th- it's that development and, and that switching back and forth. Can you have any comments on that? It's uh, something that happens if, if writers don't know about it, they will do what's called head hopping without realizing it. And the reason I know this is my first manuscript that I wrote was full of it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize what point of view was. So see, Mm -hmm. I kept learning and I learned. Uh, The point of view is the point of view, literally, that the story is being told from. There is a character who is pulling you into their life and you know what they're thinking and what they're feeling and what they're sensing and what they're observing. And generally, an entire scene may be from a single point of view. If you put in the point of view of another character, you would either put in a scene break or you would start another chapter. Mm -hmm. It gets very confusing when you are reading a chapter 
and as a, as a new writer, you might not realize this, but you're including point of views from other than the main character for that chapter. And it, suddenly the reader is saying, wait, who's saying this? What, no, wait, who's talking? What, what's going on here? And it's, it's a very simple trick, but really you have to master point of view before it's, it's almost one of the first things you can do to, as you're putting your paper down or your book down on paper or mm -hmm. you're dictating your book. It has to be in place or somebody like me is going to take it apart for you. So um, one of the te techniques that you can do, and in, 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 uh, I'm such a visual person, Barb, that, that w when I go to movies, especially when I'm familiar with a book with a movie, that mm -hmm. um, I think that especially, and if a movie kicks off and you have a, like an overvoice, like a, an, which would be the narrator in a book, so to yes. speak, that is a point of view. And, and, and sometimes that carries all throughout of it. But it's a, it's a setting of a stage. The story is opening. It's unraveling. And, and then maybe a scene changes or something like that. That actually could be another chapter, the way you're talking. And then you have these characters come in. Now we have additional points of view, the interaction going on. And it, and it is an art form, but I, I think that authors can really learn a lot by really studying. And I actually think screenplays, see, it's getting a movie script and studying how that goes along is a good learning lesson as well. Yes. Um, and you reminded me of an example I wanted to bring up to you when we're talking about point of view and screenplays. Um, I had a client a few years ago who submitted a book to me, and he said, um, I, I need this done very quickly, uh, and I'm, you know, I, how quickly can you turn it around? And, and we discussed that. So I started in on his book. And I read about the first 30 pages, and I called him up on the phone and said, um, what is this? Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I, I literally, you have a, a prologue where someone kills someone else, but there are no names. There's nothing about these characters. We, we have a person dying in cold blood in a very unexpected manner. What's happening here? Because as a reader... You're, you're not going to relate to that unless you know a little bit more about your characters. And he told me that he was right. a screenwriter. All right. Hold on to that thought. We're going to come back with our last segment on that. This is Author okay. You, your guide to book publishing, Barb Wilson, Editor Superior. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. 
Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems, you want solutions. Dr. Judith Browse will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd if you want to create a book with no regrets. Give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at MyBookShepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. One of the most important decisions you will ever make is your choice for printing your book. You are choosing a company which will be responsible for guiding you through the process and printing your book at a level of quality and detail that embraces your personal and creative needs. You want to choose a company that when your book finally arrives, you are delighted and ready to move on to the next level and one that is customer focused. Choose King Printing Company and Addy Books to be that company that brings you to the next level. Go to kingprinting.com or call 978-458-2345 and ask for Tom Campbell. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so uh, Barbara's telling a, a vignette um, that involved Kevin Spacey and an author who thought he had the perfect book. So let's finish that up and then let's get into some real tidbits of things that they should do and not do in this editing process. Okay. Uh, what they need to do, uh, do, do you want me to finish my story? Or yeah, we... I do, I do. Oh, Okay. Well, this gentleman who had contacted me to edit his book was actually a very talented screenwriter, and he had a huge pedigree of successful screenwriting uh, accomplishments. And one of his uh, prospective projects had just been optioned by a production company owned by Kevin Spacey. 
And he, the screenwriter, felt if this was produced as a movie, that he would have a wonderful opportunity as a parallel project to be selling a book. You know, we all know how that works for Game of Thrones, so hey, why not have that opportunity there? Very wise choice on his part. Unfortunately, his skills were in visual interpretation and stage direction. They were not in novel writing. And he had a wonderful idea, a great hook, a, a fantastic plot, but his skills didn't necessarily translate to novel writing. And this goes back to what Judith and I discussed at length earlier. Learn your craft. Never stop learning. And we were able to work through this together, and he went on to get his book completed, and I, I wish him all the luck. I keep an eye on the, the movies to see if it ever got made because it would make me feel proud sitting there. But also, uh, one of the things Judith and I touched on, pay attention to trends. If mm -hmm. you write mm -hmm. paranormal and that's hot, then mm -hmm. have some manuscripts ready to go, either to a self-pub, to an agent, to a, any publishing company, even to the big five. If you write a genre that isn't trending right now, uh, keep writing anyway. Because well, if you make the worst mistake a writer can make, you write for the money. I've had people come to me and say, uh, after I've worked with them on a project, and they, it didn't really catch fire, and they said, you know, you have a, a real talent for writing sci-fi, but you're not writing romance on the same level. Why are you doing this? Well, I write that because romance always sells. Okay, readers are really smart, and they're going to figure it out. And if you're faking it, and worse, if you're faking it for the money and not because you have a story to tell, because the characters won't shut up in your head, they're going to get it, and they're going to stay away in droves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a true believer. If you let it go, just let yourself go. Fall into it. Your characters will guide you. They, they will start talking to you. And, I mean, it's, it's an amazing process when you see some of these authors uh, really go for it. So you mentioned, um, you know, you need to have a you need to have a game plan here. I mean, that's you know, I use that phrase all the time. So it's one of the things that it always just amazes me that authors cannot succinctly create a synopsis of what their book's about. They. they and I agree with that, Judith. I've actually mm -hmm. done, uh, it's, it, although I will say it's a trend, in the last year I have probably uh, started editing more synopsis letters and mm -hmm. working on short projects like this or descriptions or query mm -hmm. letters. Um, I think authors are becoming more informed, especially if they're self-publishing or they're trying to work with an agent. And they're reaching out and seeking help. There are a ton of books out there um, almost every conference I've ever been to contains something about a synopsis. And what a synopsis is, is it's selling your book to someone who doesn't know anything about it in a very short word count. Mm -hmm. I call it uh, an elevator pitch. And, and just as a, um, an aside, Judith, do you know what the shortest synopsis in the world was? Tell me. It was, it's got to it be was, like six words. It show Miami Vice. Okay. When the, when the producer looked at his 
co-producer and said, we need to do another TV show. And he wrote MTV Cops on a Cocktail Napkin. And he wrote what cops? MTV. MTV. And the, the television show Miami Vice, yeah. the idea for it was gen- generated. Okay. Oh, there you go. That that was their pitch. But they got it pitched to the person who got it. I mean, that's another thing, that your target is really important. But I, I think what, what, what we're really saying is that whether you're going to be self-publishing, you're going to try to seek out a small press, you're going to seek out an agent, you can pitch it yourself to a small press, you're getting an agent, you want to go to the big five, whatever it is, that you need to run it parallel. And my attitude is that there are so few books really being picked up um, by the big five that you better have plan B in place. And plan B is you're going to do it yourself. Um, and that would be from one extreme to the other, so to speak, because no matter what you do, when you get this baby out, you are going to be marketing it. So you need that yeah. synopsis. You need to be able to pitch it tightly. You need to have the right hooks um, for it, because, you know, if, if you follow that dream of being published with a New York related publishing company, uh, you could be held out in almost on a, on a per- perpetuity spectrum um, waiting, waiting for the call, waiting for the letter, waiting for the email. And you have to really make a decision what you're going to do with your work. But Barb is absolutely right. You want to keep writing. If you keep writing, you're going to improve no matter what going back. Yeah. And you can always go back. And, and the other stuff you look at and, and you're thinking, oh, my God, did I screw that one up? But there, you know, there could be some real gems in there. There could be some yeah. real nuggets that you walked away from that you can then snag and rebring back into another plot, another plan, another book. Or you can go back with the craft that you're learning and they'll fix the first one that you started with. A lot of authors, well-known authors have done exactly that. So. Well-known authors have done that because they wanted to, they got feedback from their readers and they listened to it. And they said, okay, I'm going to go back and reissue this, or I'm going to issue a sequel to it that, that clears up some of the, the issues that were in there. Um, it, one thing I heard at a conference recently, uh, I had a friend who is a very dear uh, editor, and she, we exchange emails and things because she lives in a different state. But she attended a conference, and Eloisa James was one of the featured speakers. Eloisa, mm-hmm. for those who may not be familiar with the romance genre, is a best-selling romance novelist and has been for decades. And she described herself as half writer and half businesswoman. Critical. Now, someone like critical. that. Critical. 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 Very simple. Uh, find people like Judith to help you. Judith will literally shepherd your book through the process. There are books. There are YouTube videos. There are uh, constant blog posts being written on ideas and concepts and things to do. But remember all of its knowledge on how to make your dream come true. If anyone thinks writing is easy, Judith can tell you with, is it 38 books published? 35, 39. 35, yeah. yeah. 35. Uh, some days it's like sitting down and cutting a vein open because the words just aren't it coming is. and you have to rip them out and put them on the page. 
Yeah, it, it is. And it and look, sometimes it's painful. And I get that. I really do get it. Um, it's really hard to say to someone, you know, this is awful. But there's possibilities here. And here's what you need to do. And I think that that because we're in this microwave society that we want it all done instantly, that we really have to realize that writing does take time. Um, and now you yeah. you could blast it out. I, I can do I can go away and get a draft done, really. But I'm you know, my writing now is more pol- polished as I go along instead of the, the total dump. And you have to really figure out which you're going to do. And doing that and knowing that it's going to come back and it's going to take some time to develop it. And I'm sure you've had books come in, Barb, that the editing was kind of like a piece of cake. This is kind of like candy. It's it's good. It reads well. It's, you know, I don't have to get, I'm not going to get brain damage in the process. And you've had other books come in thinking, oh, my God, is this going to take some work? Yes. The tuna so. sandwich turns into a chicken sandwich five pages later. And the car door that opens three times because they keep putting in an action for the character to do, not realizing they've already done it. Both kinds mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Both are fixable. And, and, and Judith has had clients, I'm sure, that, that have presented her with things that are fixable too. But part of the reason people like Judith and I do this industry, we're involved in it, is because we love it. I make yep. dreams come true every day. And so I Judith. know. It's so much fun. It is. Oh. All right, so we're going to have to end it on this. I hate to do this, so we're going to have to have you back again, Barb Wilson. And for all of you who are looking for a great editor, um, Barb Wilson is at editpartner.com, and you can read about her. But, you know, for someone who's, who's, who's had her fingers on 7 million words and has edited more than 300 books, that's, that's the kind of person you want to work with. But, you know, I'm sure, and when you have these conversations, you always want to ask, you know, do you have books that you work well with and which ones do you want to avoid? And, you know, there are some, if they're not the right cup of tea, there's always someone else. And with that, Barb, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me, Judith. All right. All right, everyone, happy writing, happy publishing, and certainly enjoy it as June comes into bloom. Being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each 